My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, the story podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 78, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Numbers 32, Deuteronomy 31, and Psalm 117. Numbers 32. The Reubenites and Gadites, who had very large herds and flocks, saw that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were suitable for livestock. So they came to Moses and Eleazar the priest and to the leaders of the community and said, Ataroth, Debon, Jazer, Nimrah, Hashban, Eliale, Sebem, Nebo, and Baon, the land of the Lord subdued before the people of Israel, are suitable for livestock, and your servants have livestock. If we have found favor in your eyes, they said, let this land be given to your servant as your possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan. Moses said to the Gadites and Reubenites, should you fellow Israelites go to war while you sit here? Why do you discourage the Israelites from crossing over into the land the Lord has given them? This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land. After they went up to the valley of Ishgal and viewed the land, they discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. The Lord's anger was aroused that day, and he swore this oath, because they have not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of those who were twenty years old or more when they came up out of Egypt will see the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not one except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, son of Nun, for they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. The Lord's anger burned against Israel and had made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until the whole generation of those who had done evil in his sight was gone. And here you are, a brood of sinners standing in the place of your fathers and making the Lord even more angry with Israel. If you turn away from following him, he will again leave all this people in the wilderness and you will be the cause of their destruction. Then they came up to him and said, We would like to build pens here for our livestock and cities for our women and children. But we will arm ourselves for battle and go ahead of the Israelites until we have brought them to their place. Meanwhile, our women and children will live in fortified cities for protection from the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until each of the Israelites has received their inheritance. We will not receive any inheritance with them on the other side of the Jordan, because our inheritance has come to us on the east side of the Jordan. Then Moses said to them, If you will do this, if you will arm yourselves before the Lord for battle, and if all of you who are armed cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven his enemies out before him, then when the land is subdued before the Lord, you may return and be free from your obligation to the Lord and to Israel. And this land will be your possession before the Lord. But if you fail to do this, you will be sinning against the Lord. You may be sure that your sin will find you out. Build cities for your women and children and pens for your flocks, but do what you have promised. The Gadites and Reubenites said to Moses, We, your servants, will do as our Lord commands. Our children and wives, our flocks and herds will remain here in the city of Gilead. 
But your servants, every man who is armed for battle, will cross over to fight before the Lord, just as our Lord says. Then Moses gave orders about them to Eleazar the priest and Joshua, son of Nun, and to the family, heads of the Israelite tribes. He said to them, If the Gadites and Reubenites, every man armed for battle, cross over the Jordan with you before the Lord, then, when the land is subdued before you, you must give them the land of Gilead as their possession. But if they do not cross over with you armed, they must accept their possession with you in Canaan. The Gadites and Reubenites answered, Your servant will do what the Lord has said. We will cross over before the Lord into Canaan armed, but the property we inherit will be on this side of the Jordan. Then Moses gave to the Gadites and Reubenites and half the tribe of Manasseh, son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sion, king of the Amorites, and the king of Og, king of Bashan, the whole land with its cities and territories around them. The Gadites built up Dibon, Atoroth, Orior, Atroth, Shofan, Jazar, and Jegabath, Beth Nimron and Beth Haran as fortified cities, and built pens for their flocks. And the Reubenites rebuilt Heshbon, Elila, and Kirithiam, as well as Nebo and Baal Maon. These names were changed, and Sibma, they gave names to the cities they rebuilt. The descendants of Machir, son of Manasseh, went to Gilead, captured it, and drove out the Amorites who were there. So Moses gave Gilead to the Machirites, the descendants of Manasseh, and they settled there. Jair, a descendant of Manasseh, captured their settlement and called them Hazoth, Jair. And Nobah captured Kenoth and its surrounding settlement and called it Nobah after himself. Deuteronomy 31 Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all of Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the Levitical priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years in the year of canceling debts during the festival of tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, you shall read this law before them in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and children, and the foreigners residing in your towns, so they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. The Lord said to Moses, Now the day of your death is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting, where I will commission him. 
So Moses and Joshua came and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. Then the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of a cloud, and the cloud stood over the entrance to the tent. And the Lord said to Moses, You are going to rest with your ancestors, and these people will soon prostitute themselves to the foreign gods of the land they are entering. They will forsake me and break the covenant I made with them. And in that day, I will become angry with them and forsake them. I will hide my face from them, and they will be destroyed. Many disasters and calamities will come on them. And in that day, they will ask, Have not these disasters come on us because our God is not with us? And I will certainly hide my face in that day because of all their wickedness and turning to other gods. Now write down this song and teach it to the Israelites and have them sing it so that it may be a witness for me against them. When I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, the land I promised on oath to their ancestors, and when they eat their fill and thrive, they will turn to other gods and worship them, rejecting me and breaking my covenant. And when many disasters and calamities come on them, this song will testify against them, because it will not be forgotten by their descendants. I know what they are disposed to do, even before I bring them into the land I promised them on oath. So Moses wrote down this song that day and taught it to the Israelites. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun, Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. After Moses finished writing in a book the words of this law from beginning to end, he gave this commandment to the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Take this book of the law and place it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. There it will remain as a witness against you. For I know how rebellious and stiff-necked you are. If you have been rebellious against the Lord while I am still alive and with you, how much more will you rebel after I die? Assemble before me all the elders of your tribes and all your officials, so that I can speak these words in their hearing and call the heavens and the earth to testify against them. For I know that after my death you are sure to become utterly corrupt and to turn from the way I have commanded you. In the days to come, disaster will fall on you because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord and arouse his anger by what your hands have made. And Moses recited the words of this song from beginning to end in the hearing of the whole assembly of Israel. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. So this story is interesting. The tribe of Reuben, Gad, and later part of Manasseh, one of Joseph's sons, settle east of the Jordan River. So they're communicating that they want to here in this story. At first, Dr. Reynolds points out how Moses seems angry, but then later reaches a settlement in great detail with these tribes. Dr. Reynolds points out how challenging this question is for biblical scholars. Did the authors view this request and its subsequent resolution positively or negatively? Dr. Reynolds says many biblical commentators think the request is reasonable and that Moses accommodates this to keep the 12 tribes together and that the Lord may be accommodating this request as well. A smaller group of biblical scholars view it as something negative, where Moses is allowing the tribe to be rebellious and giving them what they want. It is true that Reuben and Gad are breaking from God's initial stated plan to have them all, all 12 tribes, enter the promised land. The request of Reuben and Gad seems to be pragmatic, though, or focused on the desire for land, 
for their livestock and their families. And then in quotes, see the fertile land east of the Jordan River does have some echoes back to other stories where someone saw something and wanted to take it and it wasn't part of the plan. So it's like I can kind of see both points of view. And it is clear that Moses is angry and seems to focus on the fact that this request will also discourage others. They negotiate and come to an agreement, and then Moses gives the oath to the priest Eleazar and Joshua, who will take military leadership of Israel. This is when half of the Manasseh tribe seems to want to follow the rebellious-ish tribes, which is interesting because it isn't the whole tribe of Manasseh, which means that there's some division inside of the tribe themselves. Then Dr. Reynolds points to the other places such as, we haven't gotten there yet, Joshua 22, to suggest that most of the rebellious tribes in this story were not able to fulfill their end of the oath entirely, and there is only what Dr. Reynolds describes a righteous remnant who would move forward into Israel's history. And then in the story in Deuteronomy, we begin the story of the transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua. And we hear that Moses is about 120, which is interesting because back in Genesis, God said, I will limit your years to 120. I think that's interesting. And discloses his difficulty, Moses self-discloses his difficulty in the coming and going of battle, which I guess wasn't considered normal according to the commentaries. And Moses calls the nation in front of Joshua to be strong and courageous more than once. And Dr. Miller describes how God is calling them into a relationship today and wholehearted obedience. And Dr. Miller also points out that there seems to be a renewal of the covenant every seven years where all the people, not just the males, but the females and the children and the foreigners, were to gather at the chosen place for a fresh encounter with God through his words. Hmm, this always resonates with me when I hear this type of thing, coming close to God for an encounter with him in his word. I feel like that's what we're doing together. And most of the rest of this chapter is about Yahweh God and Moses characterizing Israel's deep disobedience. We know from the song and sermon, it will continue. And we also learn that in the future, God will rescue them when in verse 36, God sees that their power has gone. He will intervene with justice, mercy, and grace as he promised, because he is the only one who can deliver and defeat Israel's enemies. Ah, it's hard to read that knowing God, the people will still rebel. And it's just a testament to who God is, that he will be faithful to his promises, even when he knows people will fail. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.